You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard and Farmyard's Mighty Network. I am Linda Borgi, the Biodynamics Fin Farming Podcasting Grandmother, and this is episode number 2024, where we're going to talk about wild edibles. You know, I'm all about the food, all about the food. I am a foodie. I am a farmer. I am a grandmother. I am concerned about the future of the planet. Yeah. And because of that, I went out on a quest. And this quest took me to the Hudson Valley of New York State, Middletown, New York. And that was about 14, 13, 14 years ago. That was when I did not have to have responsibility to any young children or older children or any children for that matter. I was free to be me and now I was going to farm on a half an acre plot. So when you come from a background of business, I came from a background of business, both Manhattan and Block Island and many other locations. Um, the first thing I'm going to look for is a business networking group. And I found one and I started going to their meetings and holy God, thank God I did because I met my live and in person fairy godmother. Now I am not in any way, shape or form being facetious. I am not. This friend, fairy godmother, woman, is everything another human being could want. I met her. She designed my farm's website. And from that point on, she proceeded to promote me everywhere all the time and continues to do so today. Now, you know, we all wear many hats, right? I keep telling everyone, I have the coolest friends. Why? Because it's not fake news, it's the truth. <laughs> My fairy godmother wears many hats and foraging wild edibles happens to be one of them. So we meet at the business networking meeting and we, we, uh, uh, get a relationship, a business relationship together uh, going and then we become friendly and then she comes to my farm in Middletown and she teaches me all about jewel weed, jewel weed, J-E-W-E-L, why? Because this property was really covered with poison ivy. And she said, but you know, nature is very smart and generally the antidote is not very far away. And look at that. There she is. There's the jewelry. You just pick her up and you squeeze the jelly out of her stem and you put it where the... That was my first experience learning about wild plants. My second experience was with a plant called purslane. P-U-R-S-L-A-N-E. Pulled it out as a weed. Pulled it out as a weed. She said, you just let that grow until those leaves get little chunky monkey. And then you take it and you put it in your mouth and you chew it. And it tastes so nutty. 
And then the third was wood sorrel. And the sorrel is my favorite because I love bitters. But she did warn me not to eat too much of the sorrel. Can't remember why, but she's going to tell us all about it. But that's it. That's all I know. Three. Jewelweed, woods, I mean, really, you know, so it's about time for me to get educated, especially right now, because I'm a Jersey girl living in a tropical area, 40 minutes north of Tampa, Florida. So this is all new weeds, all new weeds, all new situations. So without any further ado, I would like to bring on my fairy godmother, who does not have a camera. She's on her phone, no camera. Her name is Chris Itterman, and I love her to the moon and back. Hey, Chris Itterman. Hey, Linda. How are you, honey, Budge? I'm okay. How are you doing? Oh, God, you know, Manischewitz 101, every day is a new throw. Mm. So I want you to, uh, you know, so... Pretend that the listeners don't even know those three, right? We have nothing. We <laughs> well, are a well, blank slate. We know firstly, Where do we start? What do we do? Well, I always say, like, start at the beginning. So, like, for me, my trust of wild plants began when I was a child. My mom grew gardens, um, but at the same time, whenever we were in a park or in a forest or whatever, both of my parents foraged. My mom was into the wild berries and we would make, um, she would make like uh, banana pancakes or not banana, blueberry pancakes with wild blueberries. So as a little child, I was going out into the forest and picking the blueberries and bringing them back to my mom, you know, when we were on vacation or whatever. My dad, even more so, mulberries or um, wild onion grass or whatever, like he was really into foraging even in a city. Like we had several mulberry trees on my block growing up in Brooklyn. So it, it was kind of like, oh, you know, food grows everywhere was kind of like just a part of my life already. Um, and then um, when I, I wanted to be a healer and I decided that I would start studying herbalism my herbal teachers also would go out and pick wild medicines. So I went on weed walks is what they would call them in the city parks and so on. And we would forage for herbs and learn how to identify them and how to use them. And then I uh, learned about wild man, Steve Brill, um, who was a New York city forager who would hold little classes. And he was kind of like a gorilla forager and he would go and you know, dig up things in the parks. Usually didn't please the park rangers very much. And one day he got in a lot of trouble and then he got hired by the parks department and actually did official weed stuff for a while. Well, he was one of my teachers as well. Um, so, so that being said, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because the we don't know who Steve Brill is. So Steve Brill is the app man, right? The green Yeah, man. he's the guy with the app, but he's... He's like a funny guy with long hair and a hat who would go out, you know, he would just hold like weed walks. Sometimes it was a donation. I think when he was working with the parks department, it was free because he was getting paid by the parks department. But, you know, you get a little bit of money and bring people out in the parks. It would be, you know, it could be a Girl Scout troop. It could be a Boy Scout troop. But it usually was just 
people like local um, kitchen witches and herbalists and um, people into natural foods and so on would just hear about him and start going on the walks. And because every time you go out during the growing season, different things are available, he would get lots of repeat customers. And what was available in one park because of microclimates and so on in the type of soil would be different than what was in another park you could just go year after year and say, oh, well, I've, I've been at this park this time of year, so I'll go next week when he's at this other park, you know, down by the seashore, or he's at this other park, you know, with a lot of hills and, and things. You'd learn all different kinds of plants. He was a wealth of knowledge. He has a book and he has an app on the app store. So let me um, ask you another question. How old were you when you went on your first weed walk in Brooklyn? probably i'd like to say 18 or 19. isn't that isn't that just rich yeah so uh, like to give that a date for people who don't know how old i am um well, that's true. That's we're talking true. <laughs> we're talking like 1988 or nine maybe maybe 90. what comes to mind is the book a tree grows in brooklyn well wild edibles grow in brooklyn too yeah exactly they sure do yeah there's a lot of them um <laughs> yeah so that was like in all the five boroughs it was like going to all different parks and, and that lands. is crazy so when did you leave that that terrain um the first time was probably well i mean other than like um, my own trips like out to the Poconos with my mom and dad where I was getting the wild blueberries. A lot of blueberries in the Poconos. Um, <laughs> there are a lot, of, a lot of blueberries. Um, but other than that, um, or, or out on Long Island, I also went on um, a survival learning trip with Wayne Weissman, who I guess teaches survival classes, but um, you know, I, that just happens to be the person's name. I don't know how big of a name he is, but um, that was like um, a two or three day thing where I learned about stripping bark and making rope or building a fire platform and identifying trees. So before I was learning about herbs, all the things that are basically like hip high and lower ish. And then with, with Wayne Weissman, I was looking up into the sky and seeing a lot of the different trees and learning how to identify trees. And that was kind of interesting too. Now, did you <laughs> learn it all from, um, uh, now, don't laugh, is, isn't like one of the main experts in the area of like medicinal herbs and, and, and the sorts, isn't her name Susan Weed? Susan Weed was one of my teachers too. I thought so. I thought Susan yeah. Weed was one of yeah. your teachers. Tell us a little bit about Susan Weed. Um, Susan Weed is up in Woodstock, New York, and would come down to New York City on occasion to teach class. One of her students was my main teacher. Her name is Robin Rose Bennett, um, and she now lives in this area, as far as I know, um, like Warwick or something. Um, but um, Robin Rose Bennett was holding like six-week courses where Susan Weed would come down for like a one-weekend intensive here and there. So I did both. Um, I was lucky enough to be volunteering at the New York Open Center at the time and racking up lots of volunteer um, class exchange time. So I got a lot of classes. Um, and sometimes I paid too, you know, I wasn't only just a volunteer, but I took, I don't know, probably 10 or 20 um, series of classes with Robin Rose Bennett. And 
um, uh, several other teachers too. And I went to Green Nations Gathering, which is actually like a conference for herbalists. Uh, where was that? That year, I, I think it was in Phoenicia, New York that year um, that I went. I only went once, something like 1992 or somewhere around then. Um, I went to Green Nations Gathering. And so there I had, a, you know, a dozen different herbal medicine and other kinds of um, medicine making classes and all, all types of things. So um, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> my first time really being outside of the area was probably uh, the Pine Barrens with Wayne Weissman on the survival trip. Yeah, Pine Barrens in New Jersey, for those who don't know. Pretty amazing story. That's a pretty amazing yeah. story. Yeah. So okay. yeah, this was a big passion for me and I still, you know, to this day make my own medicine and forage for my own food and so on. Okay, so here you go. Now you've got a 65-year-old grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know how to forage but wants to eat wild edibles. Right. What I would say start with what you know. What? I mean, okay. for you, I okay. Area, I you, just, you just said you had... I know, but just as an example, you just said you had three plants. No, you don't. You have a few more. Oh, do I? Because you know dandelion. See? So, you know, sometimes there's just the ones that are like right in front of us. Right. And and we don't even think they're edible, but oops, yep, they are, you know. I mean, I, I mean, we could, we could ask uh, the Wild Edibles app because I don't eat daisies, but I think daisies are in the dandelion family, if I'm correct. So maybe daisies are edible and I would look it up, you know, if people know what a daisy look like. And then you check, always check, you know, if you're not 100% positive that you're identifying the right plant, um, there are ways of checking. So I, when I'm in the field, I open up Steve Brill's app and I double check. Um, you know, what are the key things I'm supposed to be looking for with this plant? What are the poisonous lookalikes? And how do you tell the difference between the two? Um, there's Peterson Field Guides, if people can afford That's it. That's it. D dive a little deeper into those Peterson, the Peterson Field Guide, because I remember that it's a green book. It's narrow. It's It was... Yeah, they're, they're like white with like a picture, um, green lettering maybe, and a picture yeah. of... Um, a plant on the cover and it's called a Peterson Field Guide. And in there, usually I think they're categorized for the wild edibles by the color of the flower. Uh -huh. So it's important to know the time to make a positive identification on a plant is when it's in flower. Oh. Unless there are no poisonous lookalikes, you know, but usually um, botanists or whatever, they, they, they categorize plants by the flower just I don't know why but you know it's like every plant has a unique flower um, so there are other things to look for uh, the shape of the leaf where the leaves come out of the plant how many leaves where they're on the stem um, whether they have hair little fine like hairs on them or spikes or or thorns um, and so on and the best thing to do is find some of the really, really safe ones, the ones with no poisonous lookalikes. Okay. And learn those first. You know, and once you get a little better at it, or you have somebody else with you who knows what they're doing, and they can show you the difference, then you can learn what they look like, you know, firsthand from someone who uh, already knows. But, you know, it, just when there's like... Mm, 
Well, like Queen Anne's Lace is one that many people know. You know it. You pick it. I know you do. That's Wild Carrot. Yeah. And I <laughs> so make Queen Anne's Lace jelly with it. And you make Queen Anne's Lace jelly, but you can I also did. dig up the root. If you um, look for, you know, what it looks like when it when it dries, it becomes yeah. kind of like a bird's nest. It tightens up. Yeah. So if you know you have a patch that you identified positive in the summer, they have that little purple flower in the middle. Yeah. Okay. There's no other um, plant in that category with those umbrella um, flowers that has that little purple one in the middle. So now you you know, you know, in front of my house, there's a patch of um queen anne's lace so you wait for them to become those bird nests you follow the stem down and dig up the root in the fall you know and things like that um or you look for the babies growing next to it you know because the seeds dropped and now in the fall sometimes there's a second crop of new ones coming up you know and maybe you can find some roots so you you learn and you listen to nature and you follow the patterns of when does this plant appear? You know, it may have a poisonous lookalike, but it's never up at the same time, you know, and things like that. Like you, you, you learn the patterns of the seasons and the area you're in, you know that there was a patch of this there last year and it comes up in the spring. And now, you know, you have a positive ID. Now you know what part of the plant you can use. So I, I go back to the same places over and over again and harvest um, because I know what grows there and I know what's safe. And if I'm ever in any doubt, I look it up and make sure. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, with the flowers, I knew where the, I knew where the good stuff was. I knew where it lived. The, uh, the day lilies, the day lilies mm -hmm. are edible, you know. They are edible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you don't want to be picking those from areas that are right next to a highway. No. You know, you want, you want areas that are, you know, not where people are dumping garbage, you know, yeah. or walking their dogs. Um, right. that's, exactly. But that's I gave you a good idea the last time, right? With the yeah. dandelions. There are these dandelions right across from my house that I swear the leaves are as long as my arm. <laughs> they are enormous and they look so, so succulent and dark oh. green. You know, they're in good soil. You, you know, it's well fertilized. Why? Because people are walking their dogs there. <laughs> So it's like, I'm not picking those leaves and eating them. Yeah, so so Linda's idea was to to harvest the seeds and grow my own. So now I've got some pots of dandelions growing. We'll see how oh, those do. It's, it's so beautiful. It's, it's not the time of year for dandelions so much. So I may start a batch in the fall and see how those oh, go. Oh, I would. I would. You know, uh, you've got to add, include that photo in the show notes, Chris. <laughs> Seriously. And anything else in the show notes for the beginner, you know, where to go and have, I think you gave us a very good basis. And really what I, what I actually heard you say was that observation. Mm -hmm. That's really what we need to do. We need to use, hone in on our skills of observation. And then really in essence, we wind up, it's not just such a medicinal thing, you know, like, oh, there's the dandelions. I'm going to eat them. They're going to be delicious. They're going to give me this, 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 and this. But we also develop a different or a intimate connection with the earth beneath our feet. And that yes. is really very life-giving and awe, 
awesome. Really awesome. Another thing I really want to point out for your audience, since people are growing their own plants usually, yeah, you know, they're growing they're growing their own from seed and and from um, seedlings. Yeah. So, um, when you're weeding your garden, start learning who is in your garden. Like there are plant identification groups on Facebook. They are like I don't know. 40,000 people in the group or whatever, find one for your area. Because if you're stumped on what something is, they can help you identify it, um, which is another good way of doing it. You know, people who know, and, and if they can't tell from your picture, they will ask like, does it have thorns? Does it this, does it that? Um, and they will help you make a positive identification. So find out who is trying to grow with your plants you might find you have a double harvest. Maybe, you know, maybe you have some chickweed growing next to your spinach or, uh, you know, whatever. Something may be volunteering to be eaten. And God knows we, I, we love the volunteers. Although sometimes, you know, I put those signs out in, in, in on my farm grow where you're planted but they really pay no attention they they do as they please and i generally i generally would let them let them do as they please well i had to thank you so much fairy godmother for spending this time i know how busy you are and um time is a precious commodity nowadays but it this information is so necessary right now while we're we're writing the new story during this global pause, right? So this is a new area that people will be able to uh, to get information on and and dive deeper. And anyone that's really interested in diving deeper into this topic or any other, you know, pretty much any other topic that has to do with growing, you got to go over to our mighty network seed.farm-a-r.com. I'll put it in the show notes. I mean, we even tell you how to create a seed library in your community. We get right down to those details. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you, honey. Thank you, Linda. It's been really wonderful. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you'll send me lots of links uh, to give to the... Um, to the listeners so both them and their family and their neighbors please everyone share this information share it down your block share it in your town hall because we need to we need to become self-sufficient in our food needs uh we're facing a very dark time when it comes to the distribution of food in our country and as well globally so now is the time to learn you know there's light at the end of the tunnel it's not the oncoming train and you see that sign behind me you are just one seed away i had to tell you each and every day when i'm planting seeds whatever i'm planting i just take one of those seeds first and i put it in my hand the crux of my hand and some of them are so tiny. And I look at it and I say, how do you pack? You have, I mean, you talk about a tiny house. How do you pack everything in there, Basil? You're gonna wind up being three feet tall. 
You just look to farm yard. Look to this movement. We'll teach you how to do this. We will teach you how to grow the soil that teaches you how to grow the food that teaches you how to grow healthy people. Chris Enterman, many blessings, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. All righty. Bye, kiddos. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. I and whatever you do. <laughs> and whatever you do, I will catch you on the flip side. And until then, grow healthy people. Yeah.